We're back with another episode of The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. Now, the three of us, we like to have a good time. But this is one conversation I know that's near and dear to both of you all. And this conversation is going to be about budget. We've done some fun episodes in the past about budgets. But this time it's a little bit different conversation or really taking it far back and trying to be in the situation or in the mindset of someone that just got engaged and doesn't know anything about the wedding industry. Mike, I know you always talk. So Sharon, why don't you start? I think that it's a really good idea that we're doing this episode because I have recently met with a lot of couples for our very first meeting. You know, tis the season and we're meeting with couples that just got engaged and we are doing our very first planning. And when we start to talk about budget, they have no idea what to expect. And how could they? This is not what they do. If they're the first wedding in their family in quite some time, they don't know what to expect. So I feel like a lot of times they're just pulling a random number out of the air. Yeah. And I feel like we as wedding professionals somehow are dropping the ball and not educating clients well enough on what a wedding truly does cost nowadays. I will say something to that, you know, because I'm in the online space and I love a good Google search. Don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes there's information out there that's not completely accurate or it's something from three or four years ago. And where we're at today is far different than last year or the year before that. So they're going out there and possibly doing a search on how much should I spend on my wedding or what? Where should I start with my wedding budget? I think the big point to make here is it's different by where you're located. It can be a big difference. There's also so many variables that factor into a budget. As a wedding planner, and I know Mike might, you know, he might even think of things I didn't, but as a wedding planner, what's your guest count? Huge. What style of wedding are you wanting to have? Those things factor in, but as one of, I think, the pros to hiring a wedding planner is I can really listen and I can learn what's most important to you and I can know where to put money and where to take money away, but we still have to have that bucket, our budget to start with. Well, I'm glad that we're discussing this because I usually talk to 10 to 12 brides a week and just this past week, we had couples in and they are gun-ho on what they want. And I always ask at the end, what is your budget? And they look at me kind of crazy and say, well, I really don't know, but you know, we're just going, we're trying to get prices to figure it out. And that's okay. But when it comes to educating, and that's why I'm glad we're doing this, because you need to know on the bottom line, where do you start to come up with this budget. And I'm hoping we'll help them here a little bit today. I want to go back to a point Sharon made, and I want to make sure that people that listen to us, when you talk about style, I think what you're referring to, and correct me if I'm wrong, are you having it at 
a family member or parents farm or residence with tents and things like that? Are you doing a barn type wedding or are you doing a more upscale or more fine dining type experience? I hate to say that. More formal. Thank you, Sharon. That's the word I'm looking for because what ties into what you said about guests, and we have mentioned this so many times on episodes that I don't think people still get it. 10 guests is not just 10 guests. It's not just 10 dinners or appetizers that you're serving. That could be a table, decor, the whole thing. So will you go into a little bit more detail about the style part? I think that we can't really say barn weddings anymore because in our area, some of the most expensive venues in our market are barns. And I didn't mean that anyway. It's but like, I'm saying you have to just look at specific venues. Is that more rustic chic? It could be. Yeah. It could be. Okay. Country chic, rustic chic. If you're looking at, say, a hotel where you have to use their catering, their bar, there's no negotiating. There's no interviewing different caterers to try to meet a budget. So if that's the style of wedding you want, then I think that's where you start because you have no control over those numbers. Then you get those numbers and you kind of go from there with what else you have to spend. The main thing I try to counsel my clients on is just what is realistic. You know, can you do a wedding for $10,000? You absolutely can. And it can be very pretty and it can be your wedding and very special. But if you want what the average wedding cost in our market, you have to have more money. Well, an average cost in Louisville, we've got to research this. About 35. Yeah, 35 now in 23. Last year, it was like 24. The year before, it was 17. But you've got to realize everything is going up across the board, and that's where you got to think about that, too. Well, I know I was sharing with Mike off air. I got a catering quote the other day from a company that I am familiar with. But because food costs have gone up so much, I mean, look, what's a dozen eggs right now? Six, seven dollars at the grocery store? I mean, I think we're going to have to, like, dye potatoes at Easter because eggs cost too much. (laughs) I was just telling my kids out there that everything has just gone up so much that, um, yeah, I think the average cost in our area is probably about 35000 We don't want to scare people because this is not the reason we're doing this episode. It's just that you've got to be realistic when you start planning. That's the most important thing. Yes, your first thing you want to do is pick your venue. Next thing is usually your dress. But... Before even you do all that, you need to sit down, come up with a realistic budget, and do your research, you know, so it'll be easier for you, so it won't be sticker shock later. Well, and I always tell my clients, it's a sucky conversation. You know, when you talk about your wedding, you want to talk about pretty, and you want to talk about love, and you want everything to be fun and joyful, but talking about your budget, if you do that in the beginning, and you just have an open frank conversation. Who is contributing to your budget? Who's paying for what? 
if you just get that out of the way, then we know what we have to work with. And I can take just about any budget and make a wedding that a couple will be happy with. But to make everybody's dreams come true, I have to have a number. One of the things that, and I think I said this when we were doing some research, that average number to me, I really think there's so many factors, like Sharon's talking about with guest count and style, depending on exactly what you want. And I love Sharon has always said your priorities. What is most important to the couple? And figuring that part out. And there's some things you have to have for your wedding. You need an officiant. There's some things like that. I just feel like there's not a whole lot out there just to kind of help guide a person along the way. Like you said, people are coming in, they really don't know the numbers. Trying to come up with that figure, they don't even know what all they need from A to Z to pull off the day. Well, and that being said, there are so many ways to cut a wedding budget that, in my opinion, don't affect that wedding at all. I don't know if we're getting that deep into it or not today, but I'm not a huge believer in wedding favors because I have broke down enough weddings to know that 75% of those are not going home with a guest and I'm going to throw them away at the end of the night. And they can be pretty expensive. Very. I also have a ton of couples now and my couples have taught me this. We're going to online invitations. We're not paying for you know, if, it's, if invitations are important to you and papery is important to you and branding your wedding is important, we've got people for that and we can do it. If that's not important to you, then do an online invitation. It costs zero. I really think that's a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Ways to save. And I think those are great tips. So one of the things that we talked about before we decided to tackle this episode is we talked about like a worksheet to help kind of lay out some of the items. So Sharon, let's talk through some of that because for somebody that's gotten engaged and it's been a while since their parents or someone in their family has gotten married, they don't know some of the things that need to be on that list to come up with the budget. Once you come up with what you think Roughly your guesstimate of what your budget is. I use a template that I have for my clients that just breaks down on average. Mike's sitting here next to me. I usually factor about 10% of a budget for florals. I usually factor my venue, my catering, and my bar. Put all three of those together, and I want those to be about 30 to 35% of my budget. The new catering and bar, I want to not be more than 30 to 35% of my budget. Okay. All added together. So if you have a venue where you can do outside catering, outside bar, then you can spend a little more on your venue. But if you have a venue that is going to require you to use their providers, then you have to be a little less on what you pay for the space, if that makes sense. Um, You want to factor in who's paying for what. What actually is coming out of this bucket? that we've created for our budget. Is rehearsal dinner in there? Or is the other partner's family paying for that? Should that factor in? Are we factoring in honeymoon? Are we factoring in travel for honeymoon? If not, get it out of the bucket. Rings, Mike pointed out earlier, rings are something that 
a couple gifts to one another. To me, that's not part of your wedding budget. Mm -hmm. A brunch afterwards, bachelor party, bachelor parties, those should not be part of your wedding budget. There's so many factors to look at. The reason I'm glad we're doing this episode is I want to bring it back down to the bottom for a minute just to say for these brand new couples that are just starting today. And their head's spinning. And their head's spinning. Like I said earlier, do your research. Now, I have a lot of brides and grooms call me on the phone and they'll say, and this is the reason I'm saying this, is because they'll say, what's the average cost of your wedding flowers? Well, realistically, I cannot answer that over the phone because no it depends on if you want daisies and carnations or you want roses and garden roses. But it also matter mm-hmm. if you're doing stuff for their ceremony space, their reception Oh, space. definitely. Definitely. Bridal shows. We had an episode on bridal shows. That's where you should walk around and talk to your vendors and say, what is the estimate that I should be planning on? I always say anywhere from 8 to 10%. But just because we say 8 to 10%, that doesn't mean that that's what's going to be. It could be less than that, or it could be 10% more than that. It just, like you said, it's, it depends on what is a priority to you when planning your wedding. But I think you ought to do your homework on each individual vendor right. before you even begin to say, okay, I've got $25,000 or $40,000 mm-hmm. to spend. We're going to put together a worksheet that will be available that they can plug their number in that they'd like to be able to spend this number. And it's going to focus on the ceremony and reception in particular. Sharon mentioned about honeymoon, about rings and things like that. We're going to list down as far as what we say could be needed. Now, some of it, you have to have an officiant. Some of it you have to have for your day. Just like when you say you have to have an officiant, you do. Mike can be my officiant. Because he's my friend, he's free. So there there are ways around everything. Absolutely. And that's something to think about is, like you had mentioned about ways to save. That could be something that, and I don't want to throw numbers out for officiants because I would literally be doing what some people are doing and pulling a number from the sky. But in this worksheet, we hope that it will help you maybe... You know up front you only have $25,000 to spend on your wedding. By being able to plug that number in and the average percentages for the items we're going to list will break down for you on that sheet. And that may be where you can say, okay, paper's not as important to me. You can see those numbers and adjust and it may start to start your mind going, wow, this number cannot get me to the style of wedding that I want to have. So that's what we're going to share as a worksheet from us. And I'm sure there's other ones out there that you can use or do research. Some couples are paying for it themselves. They may only have, and I don't want to say only have, because $20,000 to me, $20,000 is a lot of money. So I don't want it to be like, oh, she's saying just $20,000. No, that's a lot of money. But If that's all you have saved and you're, as the couple, you're the ones putting on your own event and there's nothing wrong with that, it helps you prioritize what's most important. And I think Sharon has made it abundantly clear in past episodes, it's your event. Focus on the things that are important to you. Now, I know we have another episode we're going to do 
that it's not always all about the couple. But I think something like that with those hard numbers in front of you, it really starts to allow you the space to say, are these things really important for our day? Sometimes when I sit down with clients at our first planning meeting and I have a template that I use and I put in what they tell me and then we kind of break it down. And if they say, for instance, you know, we aren't going to need transportation and I've allotted $2,000 for transportation. Okay, well then where does that $2,000 go? So sometimes once we sit down and we talk about it and we work it through, it's not as scary as they think it's going to be. Again, back to just have the conversation and know where you are. And then from there, let's move forward and plan a great wedding. Something that a lot of people think, going back to the backyard wedding that you said, and then they say, well, let's do it in the backyard. We'll run a tent. (laughs) Just want to put that out there forward because that doesn't mean it's always cheaper. Because when you get into tents and tables and chairs and china and 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 tablecloths and all that, that adds up quicker than you would use a venue. Another thing. Do your homework. Do your homework. Well, I can speak to that because Josh and I did on my parents' property with tent, tables, chairs, dance floor, lighting. I can keep going and going and going. But also the factor in here that a lot of people don't think about is the plan B. And if you don't have a wedding planner involved, you know, In our situation, there really wasn't much of a plan B, in all honesty. There wasn't. Now, the reasons we did it was because we wanted a beachy type thing. My parents have an in-ground pool. That's the kind of style we were going for. But you're exactly right. There are things that add up. What I was going to share is, I think this worksheet, this is going to be probably something we want to do an episode on each one of these items. Because I want to go back to something you mentioned that plays into this, that engaged couples, if you don't know, you don't know. Transportation. And you've talked about this before. But a benefit, possibly, of having it at a hotel and all your stuff happens at one location, you're not moving, herding cats, as we sometimes call it. You're not transporting wedding party, couple maybe even a guest, things like that. That's why I think what Sharon talked about style is such an important thing to nail down because if you have a lot of -of out-of-town guests and you're going between two different locations for ceremony and reception, transportation probably becomes a bigger factor. Any type of wedding, whatever wedding you choose, when it comes to budget, there's the pros and cons of it. And again, it's just hopefully not to be a commercial for wedding planners, but hopefully you will retain someone that's going to be in your corner that's educated about this. It's what I do for a living. I went to school for it to help you figure out where to put your money. To summarize what I say, your logistics are going to change dependent upon the style you choose. And that could swing. Either way. Absolutely. Some people... Again, we say it all the time, you just don't know what you don't know. I have brides all the time that say, oh, well, I won't need that much for flowers because I just want greenery. (laughs) But I've sat by this man enough and enough appointments that I know greenery is not inexpensive. So again, if a wedding planner is not in your budget, if it's just not, at least do your homework and educate yourself before you go to those appointments to know 
kind of what you're thinking. And again, I don't want people who don't have these huge budgets to feel like they can't have a great wedding because they can. I just feel like you need to know before you go. As we wrap up this episode, I want to say one thing that I think is a misconception out there regarding wedding planners that I know you're not going to say on your own account. I have witnessed it for many years. Most of the time, wedding planners end up saving you at least the amount it costs for their services. I kind of pride myself on that. And I think that sometimes we're back to perception. It's just an added cost. But to be honest with you, their knowledge, their expertise, because you, everything around wedding can end up saving you money. That's how we're going to wrap this episode up. Well, I like that. (laughs) I thought you would. So budgeting, I think, is probably more important than engaged couples realize. And I think maybe it's one of the things that's avoided because they don't know where to start to come up with a number. And they don't want to talk to their parents or, you know, family members Mm -hmm. and have the conversation because I don't like to talk about money. It's uncomfortable. And we've done a couple episodes in the past. We've been doing this for quite a while now. So we'll also link to those other episodes because there's one we did about falling on a budget. Big budget butts. I remember that one as well. So we'll link to those others because we went deeper in different parts of the conversation. And I think this is one that this worksheet will help us realize we need to do an episode on each one of these because there is money-saving tips, time-saving tips with each one of these items. For those that might want to get access to this worksheet we're referring to, you can go to the show notes of the podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just go to the description and there'll be a link. Or you can always visit the website and get a copy of that worksheet. I can't wait to dig in deeper. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you have something you want to share with us or you have questions, reach out to us. All you have to do is go to the website, click the microphone, record a message, or you can send us a message. And as Sharon always likes to close out with... Leave us a glowing five-star review. Until next time, everyone, take care.